So I, I tore my ACL playing soccer. You're out of commission for at least a few months, like before you're like sort of even um, moving more normally. Sort of froze everything. And I was sort of realizing like, okay, I'm doing high school so I can get into college, going to college so I can get a job. Like, what's the point? Um, and so sort of through that, I like identify my values where it's like, I really like helping people. And I really like, um, like just maintaining my own health. Welcome to the Ranger Outpost, where we take a deep dive into unique journeys and the not so direct paths of builders, storytellers, and professionals. I'm your host, Richard Lee. And on the show today, how by struggling through his own allergies and high school injuries, led Jared Myers to build Augment Health a medical device startup that allows users to safely and comfortably monitor their bladder fill in order to restore freedom and independence. We are going to learn about how he uses time balancing methods to juggle both his university experience and startup work, how he started his journey into the startup world and the many opportunities he's discovered, and how his personal injuries and limitations grew his perspective on creating a better world for patients with chronic conditions. Oh God. Um, yeah. So a day in the life at this point is the way I like to put it is I'm working on augment and then dealing with school. Um, (laughs) so most of my, or a lot of my days are a few meetings with different people. So like, I'm looking at my schedule for the next couple of days. I have like meetings with, um, a couple mentors Friday. I have like three meetings with potential customers. Um, so doing all of those, trying to learn more about how we can best help people mm-hmm. and get more and more people interested. And then all of my classes are Tuesdays, Thursdays. So the ones that I go to um, are great. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I just have to pack with meetings. Um, wow. and then, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I think for the listeners, I, I think they will really appreciate what is a problem Augmented Health is trying to solve. Yeah, so at a high level, basically, there are a lot of people that um, can't control their bladder. um, And there are a lot of people that also can't feel their bladder. And so for these people, a lot of them have a catheter, basically a tube placed through their urethra or through their bladder. And basically, they have a bag of urine strapped to their leg that's like collecting from that tube that really sucks. People are like too embarrassed to go outside. They won't wear shorts, won't wear jeans, and that's just really bad. And so basically our device connects with their catheter and lets them get rid of that bag so they can again go back to like going outside and wearing jeans, wearing shorts, really reclaiming their dignity um, through our device. Well, that's so awesome. And I think it's also really interesting that this medical device is currently non-invasive from my understanding yeah totally non-invasive we integrate with existing options um so it's pretty uh cool in that regard Mm -hmm. that's that's i think that's i think that's the most fascinating part about medical devices that figure out a way to not go in your body as much as you can yeah yeah um and yeah that that comes with its own slew of brother problems um so tell me a little about about the reason why you got into this like what was that jumping off pivotal moment for you yeah, so they're almost like two, I guess. So basically the inception of Augment, um, which it didn't have that name at the time, was I was doing my sales internship two summers ago, got to be part of an accelerator uh, because the team 
the two other people I was working with were amazing. Um, I got an offer to stay, which I didn't end up taking. So coming back, I'm like, I have to start something, right? Because I knew I wanted to start a company. And so there was that. And then on an airplane, actually, on the airplane back, basically, I stopped through New York uh, to visit family. On the plane from New York to Atlanta, I was talking to the person next to me, and they were a urologist. Oh, so right. that was sort of what like that initial. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of like just that initial interaction. So I was like, oh, like, is there a problem you wish you had been solved? We talked a little more about that. Then that sort of got us into urology. We, we've done projects before where we like sort of just built something but didn't talk to people. So we learned a lot from that. Uh, so we talked to a bunch more urologists and sort of stumbled upon the problem. And then, yeah, just seeing recently how much people love what we're working on has been sort of that like second stage where it's just like, we've been working on this, it's super cool. And then it's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. We're really excited to keep moving forward. So I think I think you get this question quite a bit. And I feel people outside of the startup community uh, are confused by this. But how do you get in touch with a ton of urologists? Uh, so actually, the so warm intros are amazing. Um, we were fortunate to have a few connections to urologists we were able to leverage. But um, if you've ever had to go see a doctor, right, um, you go on your insurance website, mm -hmm. right, or they just print off a list of like providers you can go see. So we actually just went on like, I think Blue Cross Blue Shield's website, pulled like a list of practices and their phone numbers, and just like went through probably like 20 to 30 cold calling Um how, how did that go? Like, I feel like there's a lot of fear around cold calling. So, yeah, it it went well. I think the so the bigger um, groups, they typically have just like a robot answering the phone. So, like, it's much harder there. But with the smaller practices, people picked up and they were actually like very helpful. Actually, through the cold calls, we got um, one connection where we actually went out and visited the urologist. This was all pre-COVID. Um, and he showed us a few different tools he uses. Um, wow. So they they kind of showed you the current tools they're using in the world they're living in. Uh, did yeah. you see any big differences between, say, like the small practice uh, urologists and like the big ones like that work at massive hospitals and things like that, like their tone, their personalities? Yeah, I I want to say the smaller urologists were maybe like, not more laid back, but like they were able to be much more like focused on the patient, I think. Whereas the urologists at larger hospitals, and maybe we were just speaking with people who are in more of like a managerial context within it, um, had a bit more of a lens towards like the overall health system. Um, so there were sort of those two different perspectives, wow. I'd say. Yeah, they, they really paint out a different perspective on both ends because i feel like yeah. especially coming from a startup we try, try not to think about those large companies like oh what do those large companies know uh, like yeah, yeah. it only matters on the personal level but it does it's really interesting that they mapped out both sides to it did it yeah. help segment your why of why you're building this product more when you're talking with them so in terms i think like in terms of our why it actually came about somewhat independent of the like urologists we spoke to, which is like interesting because speaking with urologists, what that really helped us to see was 
um, these catheter associated urinary tract infections, so-called cauties, are a real problem. Basically, just because you have a catheter in, um, you're going to get an infection most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and catheter bags we've seen can exacerbate that. So that's part of our pitch. But so we built this device that helps on that side, or we think will help on that side. But then we went and showed this to people and they were actually just like, I prefer it because I don't have to use the bag. Like mm -hmm. even outside of this whole infection control thing, it was like, I really just want to know when I have to use the bathroom. Like I'm anxious because I can't tell and I have to rely on a timer. And so sort of seeing that um, a lot of the people we're helping haven't necessarily had that voice. It seems like mm -hmm. they're kind of... Um, neglected in a sense where it's like they're in the minority so like bigger companies just don't mm -hmm. try and optimize quality of life yeah well that makes sense right they're like like dollar bills more like let's make profit i think that profit margin sense yeah, yeah. be bigger voice in the boardroom um but that's not saying we don't, they don't care right they do care about their yeah. uh, uh clientele yeah absolutely. so did you think growing up that you'll be working on a solution for this or was it more like, hey, I'm in college, I'm going to solve a problem? And if so, I'd love to hear that story. Yeah, so I think growing up, it, it wasn't my entire time growing up, but probably once I hit like middle school, I had like this strong feeling that I wanted to help people in some way. And so that's part of why biomedical engineering was like so interesting to me. Um and so, yeah, I was pretty interested in like cancer research, different like disease prevention, things like that. I have food allergies. So like also like all of the research going on there. And so, yeah, I think like there was just sort of this understanding that I was going to go into like some field to really help people at a fundamental level. Mm -hmm. I don't think I actually knew what I was looking to do after college. I just knew like, oh, BME, that seems to like align with my values. Let's go mm -hmm. ahead and do that. And so, yeah, I sort of stumbled onto like startups my second year at tech. And yeah, I was sort of like, okay, I don't know where this is going to take me, but I know I can have high impact. I think I can develop the skills. And then, yeah, so then urology is a last year thing where it sort of uh, came into my life, yeah. um, to put it that way. And here I am. Do you have a story growing up? maybe associated with your food food allergies that you're like, I want to solve this moment came up? Uh, in terms of an I want to solve this moment, I'm not sure. I just mm -hmm. remember like when I was younger, whenever they would walk around like giving out cupcakes or whatever, like this was like elementary school, so super young. I had like a medical alert bracelet with like the list of allergies on it. And so like, as they were coming around, I wouldn't even like say anything. I would just like show them the bracelet and be like, hi, I have like food allergies. Uh, and then like, they would just know. Um, was it the classic like peanut allergy or is it like everything from gluten to? It, so I, I like to say it's not as bad as gluten, but it's a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can list them if you're interested, but. Give us your like top two that like is usually your like, like yeah, the ones yeah. That gives you the problem. So top, so top two in terms of problem, I'd say peas and pea protein. Pea protein? Yeah, and so the reason for that is, so I have like eight to total allergens, um, and like or seven, um, or allergies rather, and so like 
all but peas are in the top eight allergens. So those are all like labeled very explicitly, like this has something in it. Mm-hmm. Peas and pea protein um, are not labeled yeah. in that They're usually way. The substitute. And it, yeah, exactly. They're typically the substitute. Um, so I'd say that that's probably one of the big ones just because I have to be much more aware. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I'm not really sure. I feel like dairy might be the biggest one to get back just because it's in so many things and also like it's sort of its own food group mm. um so when you say so, dairy do you mean like lactose like intolerant or like i will just get hives so yeah so sort of the difference between lactose intolerance and an allergy i wrote like a quick blog post on it actually um is basically lactose is the sugar mm-hmm. and so it's an inability to break down that sugar Versus a food allergy, your body's immune system is effectively like reacting to the protein. Yeah. Um. So it's actually an allergy to casein and whey. Mm-hmm. So any um muscle building protein, <laughs> like can't do whey protein, can't do soy protein. That's another allergy. And then pea protein is like supposed to be the ultimate like health yeah. craze. Can't do that either. Um, Man, that is tough. It, it's a fun time. I mean, I can eat like chicken, beef. <laughs> pork i can eat pasta you, you gotta um, do the rice. old school way you gotta just eat like tons of chicken if you want to gain mass now <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean like i can eat like standard protein so mm-hmm. like it's not that bad but it's just like yeah going to restaurants it's like there's butter on everything okay this is gonna be fun uh so you could you could withstand the butter a little bit i, I cannot so you can't, I oh you can't that. withstand the butter no oh, it's not it's not the, it's not something like people are lactose sensitive like i could deal with one ice cream no this is like no, i no, can't no. have it no. well that's that's really interesting so it seems like you had your like spider-man moment growing up <laughs> becoming yeah, you, the superhero um, you can put it that way <laughs> yeah it's like the weakness now becomes your strength and actually you're actually one of the few biomedical students that is gonna i'm assuming graduate as a biomedical student yeah people don't like doing that for some reason what would you say is the pros and cons of that journey for you i think it i think like sort of the value of my degree is problem solving um and being able to be cross-functional in a medical context um and so i think a lot of the criticisms of georgia tech's like bme program are that like you don't get hyper-specialized. But I sort of see that as a benefit because I mean, like, that's why I did the sales internship, right? I view the generalist approach, like, just very favorably. And I think that's what sort of, like, I can do well. Mm. Um, So, yeah, and I think that journey has just been super cool because it's been a lot of, like, can you define a problem? Can you find users? Can you build something to solve that problem? Mm. So, like, very much the startup, um problem discovery solving the problem but not just that making sure that the problem you're solving is like meaningful and actually helps people yeah that's awesome and definitely looking back i often have a rose tinted glasses looking at like the classwork the projects and everything do you remember a moment when you were in B- uh, when you were pursuing your degree that you're like i i don't like this like i wish this could just go over me and i could just keep moving on but a lot of it's like uh the other like the non-design courses Mm -hmm. where it's sort of like i'm sitting in a class like um i guess anatomy and physiology is one example where like 
I'm sitting in a class. I've already like learned 30% of the information and it's being taught with just um, like textbook being mm. copied and pasted onto the slides. Um, so I feel like that should be illegal. I'm like, you shouldn't be copy pasting book pages. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, but yeah, I think it's sort of like that where I at least appreciate when my professors are like super excited about what they're teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's most of the classes where it's like, okay, they're taking attendance. So like, I'm supposed to be here if I want the grade. Mm-hmm. And like, I have to sit through a terrible lecture. Yeah, it's it's more about doing the motions than like the intent yeah. at all. That's really interesting. And like you, you have always been balancing something during your student uh, student life. How do you stay calm and manage stress? Like, I think that's something that everyone takes a little differently. So I'd love to hear your approach. Yeah, I think for me, I I guess like I'm sort of fortunate where things have gone fairly well for me overall. So like I haven't had to go through a lot of tragedy. So I'm very fortunate in that regard. Um, but yeah, I think it sort of started in high school where I tore my ACL. So I I tore my ACL playing soccer. You're out of commission for at least a few months, like before you're like sort of even, um, moving more normally sort of froze everything. And I was sort of realizing like, okay, I'm doing high school so I can get into college, going to college so I can get a job. Like, what's the point? Um, and so sort of through that, I like identify my values where it's like, I really like helping people. And I really like, like just maintaining my own health. And so sort of, since everything I do comes out of those values, I have that strong foundation to sort of fall back on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also picked up a journaling practice for around a year. Um, and so with that, it sort of gave me like this centering point where I know, like, I'm able to take a step back. It's like, I'm getting stressed okay, wait a minute, why am I stressed? Um, mm. How can I sort of recenter myself? And then yeah. where do we go from here? So the way you recenter yourself is like currently journaling every day? Is that? Uh, it was journaling every day. I think at this point, I've gotten away from that practice a bit. I think um, it's sort of just been that mindset that I've been able to maintain where it's mm. almost like the stoic um, philosophers where it's like, what can I control? I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to do everything in my power to change that. Mm -hmm. But if it's something I can't control, I need to let that go. I like nothing. I I feel like you got a lot of lessons a lot early in life than most people did. Yeah. Uh, So it's, it's, it's fascinating to see how those lessons early in life, like build patience and endurance that you're really benefiting from at this point. Right. Um, And Honestly, that I, I believe that creates like the perfect founder, right? The like the unrelenting founder is the scariest one that you have to deal with. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm like, I wish you the best luck in this because I, I'm going to bet on you if, if anybody. Um, Definitely appreciate it. When you mentioned journaling, you also mentioned like a super interested in productivity systems. Um, yeah. Tell me a little about your like methods. Like how do you stay on top of all of this going forward? Yeah. So recently I've been using Todoist, which has been like, it was fine when things were more relaxed. Um, mm-hmm. But now my like today view has like 30 overview tasks. Um, so, so it's a constant struggle, I'd say, where I'm always like, I want to use paper so that way I can like move things around. So I actually mm-hmm. just had index cards with all my tasks written on them for a little bit. And that was nice because like it's very free form. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with paper, it's not easy to access all the time. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think it's still a struggle where I'm looking for, uh, how I can best manage like a super busy life while also keeping the flexibility that paper provides. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so right now it's mostly, I live off my calendar. Um, it's actually at the point where my girlfriend will send me calendar invites and like, she's learned, (laughs) like if she sends me a calendar invite, I will be there. Mm. Um, and so like, it works out well. Uh, but yeah, calendar plus to-do list app has been my savior. That's awesome. Uh, you seem like the type that will actually track your time 24-7 for a couple moments. Have you done that before? Yeah, I did that like my freshman year. I, I'm pretty sure it was my freshman year. Uh, I was following the podcast Cortex uh, with like CGP Gray and Mike Hurley. I'm pretty sure it's my curly might be confusing them but yeah basically i heard like oh this guy like tracks his time 24 7 that's ridiculous but sounds amazing and so i sort of like took his method like started applying it and yeah i think it was like a solid like three or four months where i was just able to say like oh how long have i been spending on schoolwork like this much time uh and like sort of just like all of that type of stuff mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. I think I think everyone should attempt it. I think the uh, just knowing where your time goes that's yeah. that's the that's the major benefit. Like you become ultra productive, but it does yeah it does squeeze a little more out of you than what a lot of people will uh, uh, appreciate. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's also like an intentionality thing mm-hmm. where it's like I know if I start a timer that says leisure, I'm like trying to enjoy myself. I'm not. I don't need to like constantly be like, Oh, I'm being not productive. Like I need Mm -hmm. to be doing work right now. But then when I start like my work timer, then it's like, okay, I'm in this, I'm doing this now. On on, on that topic of leisure, um, what's the shortest amount of time you would give yourself for leisure? Would it be like 10 minutes of like, just going to leisure mode? Or is it more like I need an hour, two hours? Can you map that out for me? Yeah, I typically... I think when I was tracking my time, it would typically be like, okay, I'm going to try my best to like grind through as much work as possible. So that way, like my evening or like my weekend can be totally free. Mm. Uh, And then now I think since I'm taking a lot more calls and a lot more sort of like um, planned work, I guess, in that regard, uh, it's been a bit more like, okay, like take 10 minutes Mm -hmm. um, to just like do whatever. So how would you do your 10 minutes? I think 10 minute breaks are fascinating to me because it's, there's no real activity you could do for 10 minutes. Um, It's like play guitar for 10 minutes. Well, you can, but the moment you get into motion, 10 minutes are up. Or like if you read a book, you're in four pages, four or five pages. You're like, well, that was a great intro. You forget everything. So what's your trick for your 10 minutes? Uh, Yeah. So I think the like productive, when I'm like being productive, it'll be like stretching um, mm-hmm. or something like that, or like just very health, walking very around. health related. Yeah, yeah. So like, tend to like if I'm looking at like slightly longer, so like thirty minutes, I'll sometimes go for a walk because um, mm. I enjoy walking. Um, but yeah, then other times I have a very addictive personality, which is where like the whole like time blocking thing comes into play. Mm. So like social media is a blessing and a curse for me. Um, so yeah, I'll like hop on a community I'm a part of and just sort of like engage there. That way I can keep building those relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can definitely get into the doom scrolling, 
um, for lack of a better term. If I'm you not seem careful. like you would be a great Redditor. Oh yeah, I like sometimes use Reddit. I've transitioned to Discord because uh, mm. I was mainly in the startups uh, subreddit. Yeah. I'd say, and so now they have a Discord that's lower commitment. That's I think that I think for your focusing that also helps a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool, man. Um, so like I I love seeing the mind behind these people a lot more. So I know you have a lot of favorite books, movies. Uh, so let's start with the book. What book really like guided you to where you are right now? So yeah, that's a good question. So I think I forget when I read it. It must have been two two and a half years ago. The book Never Read Alone, um, and that book is like networking is such a disgusting term. Like I think the same way sales has sort of been demonized by people doing it wrong. Um, but Never Read Alone really changed the way I look at like interacting with people. And like connection, um, where it's sort of like not being afraid to get up and go talk to someone because, in the same way that like you're afraid, they're also afraid, and there's usually some form of value that you can give them and they can give you、um, when you do that. So, how would you practically do this in the time of like COVID, where you can't really go meet these people? Yeah, COVID's difficult,、uh, or it makes things a lot more difficult, but. I've seen. I'm part of Lunch Club,、um, which is just like some app where you put in your availability, and you can choose like from one to like three or four meetings a week, and they just like introduce you to other people on the platform for like a thirty minute, forty five minute video call.、Um, yeah, so that's been pretty cool. That's awesome. Who's who? You could you could censor their name, their name, of course. Who、uh, who is the most interesting person you've met on that platform? Um, most interesting person. I'm trying to think. Honestly, I met someone who actually did like their. I think they were a software developer. Um, for like 15 years, went back and basically got their MBA. And their reasoning was they did the math and they could get it. Uh, they could get the MBA while starting their own company. And it would be like cheaper because basically their expenses would be paid or whatever.、Mm-hmm. Um, so like pretty scrappy. And then now they're working on basically like a form checking system for、mm-hmm. gyms initially, where basically like you can do a barbell squat in front of like this mirror, and then it'll、yeah. like show you your body, give you form tips, things like that. That's really cool. So there, yeah, that it seems like there's a lot of amazing people on it.、Um, yeah. I do know, and I also share your love for、uh, Lin Manuel Miranda,、uh, creating the、yeah. creating, creating the amazing musical Hamilton. What would be your number one song from that musical? And if you could sing a verse for us, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh God! Okay.、Um, well, to be a like not front runner, I, I don't know the exact term, but definitely my shot. Um. I think it is really well put together. I think it also has Eminem, like clear influence from Eminem,、mm-hmm. who is also one of my idols. And then just like the whole story around like coming from nothing、mm-hmm. and doing like doing just so much.、Right. And so yeah, I think it's sort of just like that whole thing, right? Like 
19 years old coming to a new place like you have this like he has the skills right um he like kind of knows it maybe even a little too cocky Mm -hmm. but like coming in but wants to make a name for himself like has that drive and just i really expect that drive that coming from nothing um and sort of like building this huge i mean the country effectively and that's awesome i think that's like that's something i used to listen to when i was like working out like i'll listen to hamilton yeah. soundtracks and be like what do you listen to musicals <laughs> like <laughs> as i'm just yeah, doing yeah. heavy weight lifting just like Dear Theodosia comes out still doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one calm ballad, and you're still, yep, still motivational. Yeah. Uh, so, have you had your lose yourself, like one shot Hamilton slash Eminem moment in life yet, or do you think that's still cup to come? I always hope it's still yet to come, right? Because it's like if I have like that, if I've already had that one moment, um, then like I've kind of peaked. Mm. Uh, so I think it's like sort of a series of like one moments where like they keep building up maybe. Um, but yeah, I think like definitely before some of the pitches or some people we've spoken to, like I'll just play the song right before I'm like, okay, let's get like hype. So I, yeah. <laughs> I love how that's your hype song right before you get into a pitch. You're like, what's your uh, like same way people have pre-game rituals. You're like, this is my pre-pitch, my pre-pitch ritual. I'm like, Blast some Hamilton, go through the verse, I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Hamilton, lose yourself. Like, there's a rotation just depending on how much time I have before my meeting. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. So, I always loved asking this story. It's like, what's your favorite story from your time at university uh, that's not really academic related that really helped build who you are? One fun story, and I think it's sort of like how all of this kind of started or like sort of the thing that kicked off my path um to where i am now is i'm pretty sure i had read never read alone and i'm like okay like i need to start um like talking to people and then i went to uh the createx catapult hackathon which you were actually speaking at uh (laughs) So that was a good time. But yeah, I saw someone who just gave such an amazing presentation, like also talking about customer discovery, ask people like if they had a problem that they thought would be hard to interview someone on, someone raises their hand, says depression. Mm. And he interviews someone on the spot, like in just like such a great way, like such a caring way. So I went up to him after because they said they were looking for interns, talk to him and then eventually getting offered an intern at the company that was my sales internship um and yeah i think like just from there then it was like oh we got accepted into an accelerator want to come with and i was just like sure yeah let's go with the mm-hmm. flow uh keep rolling with the punches and so i ended up in oakland slash san francisco uh part of an accelerator with two co-founders of this company <laughs> that is so cool it seems like seems like you've had your moments of opportunity of like you could have easily said okay that was a fun event and i'm just gonna walk yeah. away go do my homework as a lot of students do right they kind of treat those events as like i'm gonna win a google google home a google home yeah, yeah. device and like all right if i win this that's a big thing or like if i learn a little bit more python i think that's my uh win of the weekend uh, yeah and then there's always students like you because I, I i've given these lectures there's always people that actually genuinely care 
And I could spot from that moment, I'm like, this person is going to be a lot bigger than most people in this room for the next time, for the next few years, time being, especially. So I'm really glad that you took those extra steps afterwards. It's not easy. Yeah. (laughs) It's not easy. It's not easy. So it's, it's really interesting because you're still in college. It's just still in university because most of these stories tend to happen like a little later for a lot of people. So do you feel that your friends around you and your community around you sees the world the same way that you do, or is it, do you feel a little different than them? I think in terms of like general perspective, I tend to think maybe like a little more on the business side, because I think Georgia Tech uh, trains people really, really well to be engineers. Um, But I've definitely heard the criticisms where it's like, uh, like being able to like sell something or being able to understand like I'm not just building a thing because it's cool but to like actually help someone I think like I've gained that perspective that not a lot of um, students necessarily have until like you said like a bit later and I think also just the perspective of I think like professors or even just like people who are working now like as um like equals in a sense where it's like I don't have to be like afraid to reach out to someone or like send them a cold email because like I know I can show them that I really care and make them want to help me mm-hmm. and so I'm totally fine sending those cold emails getting in touch with people and really just like hopping on a call with some people I like you would you might say I have no business on hopping on calls with as mm-hmm. a college student I think I think you're embracing the college student mentality of like you shouldn't have fear right now, right? Because yeah, so yeah. much of this is so. What what do you have to lose? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What do you have to lose? I I, I love that question, especially for like anyone's like, oh, what what if they think like bad about me? I'm like, they don't even know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> they they, yeah, they yeah. wouldn't remember you. Um, I I think that you have taken that to the next level in a lot of different ways. So. What do you think is your next current next steps for like, it seems like you're going to be graduating very soon. Um, and a lot of your friends are on different career paths. They're like looking for that internship. They're looking for that job. So how do you see your life in comparison to like your colleagues? Yeah, I think so. Basically I have one semester left at tech and we're planning on continuing to work on this project. And really our goal is, raise a round of funding or find money in some way to keep working on this uh once we graduate even uh work through some accelerators so create x here at georgia tech we're planning on hopefully going through that and then we've also spoken with a few medical device specific accelerators um sort of just to help us because we're college students there's so much left to learn and we're really excited to learn that but the right mentorship does go a long way um so yeah i think instead of applying to jobs where that's like its own process um i'm spending my time just like reaching out to people who could really help us Mm -hmm. um uh, with augment and even like myself getting to that next level as a founder Mm -hmm. um and yeah sort of seeing where it takes us yeah that's so cool man um how does it feel when your other friends are like going out for that full-time job because that path is totally different I, I think like like 
I'm happy for them, right? Like I want my friends, mm-hmm. like I, I always want the best for my friends and like anyone I interact with, but I just know like personally, a lot of full-time jobs just don't fit the way I work mm-hmm. um, and like the things I'm trying to do where there are some companies um, that have done a great job, right? So mm-hmm. like, I would love to work there, uh, especially smaller companies. Yeah. But like, once you get to like, 40,000 people like I'm hearing about hiring freezes during COVID like things like that I'm like I don't I don't want to be expendable in that mm-hmm. regard um, where mm-hmm. these companies do great work the people working for them are amazing but mm-hmm. it's like sad when things like that happen yeah yeah I, I I definitely see the perspective between a startup founder and like someone who works at a company is like very different um, yeah because you never see the die hard mentality in yeah in the the normal the normal corporate, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I I love this advice I I or this question I get and I give a lot of advice to is like, um, what what do you think would look good on my resume? And I I died. I'm like, why? Like, what's the point of this resume? Yeah. <laughs> and like, have you have you had that moment before? Like, what's the point of this resume? Yeah, I mean, like, so we've been like asked for resumes for like different competitions, but it's usually just like, here's what I've like already had. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. Resumes are cool, but it's kind of like, give me 10 minutes on the phone with you. You'll know who I am, what I enjoy doing and mm-hmm. hopefully want to hire me. If you don't want to hire me at that point, we probably are like done. So it's like just 10 minutes screening at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, give me a task, I'll kill it. Um, right. And we can go from there. Yeah, I, I, I inherently believe resumes are lazy. They don't even treat it with the same. Like, I remember when I was in school, there's a pile of resumes that was just left in the trash after career fair. They just have like hundreds of papers just stacked and just poof, because they, they don't they like go apply online. I'm like, then why are yeah. we here? Why are we meeting? Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't like the faux pas of all of that. Um, so uh, to wrap this all up, uh, because I do value your time, uh, what are three lessons you learned along the way that you would like to share with our audience? Yeah, I think the biggest lesson I've learned along the way is talk to people. Um, people at the end of the day are the ones who are going to support you. They're the ones that are going to help you succeed. Um, and so, yeah, I think like people are generally amazing and they're willing to help. You just have to put yourself out there, take that risk of rejection and you'll generally be pleasantly surprised by the result. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say that's number one. Um, I'm trying, so I guess number two, make sure you're taking time for yourself. Um, I think especially at Georgia Tech, we sort of have this mentality of like grind, grind, grind. You'll be happy like later. Um, but later never comes. So it's sort of like you, you need to be enjoying what you're doing now or at least have something you enjoy doing now. Um, and otherwise, like it's not worth it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I get I get that yeah. a lot from like everyone's like, yeah, it's going to suck for four years. I'm like, when does it stop? being horrible <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, yeah it's it's like kind of a very dangerous mentality that mm-hmm. i learned to break out of in high school when i tore my acl mm-hmm. fortunately and so coming to college it was great you're, you're probably the only person i ever heard i fortunately tore my acl 
that's yeah. such a that's a touch of testament to your mentality so I, I really yeah maybe that's just like the third takeaway where it's like perspective is everything and like especially in the stoic philosophy right like you choose whether you're comfortable you choose whether you're happy whether you realize it or not mm-hmm. and so it's sort of like um in terms of like having regrets there are things that like I might wish had gone differently, but there's no regret there because I learned from it. It changed who I am as a person. And if it was something that went poorly, now I know for the future and I'm never going to make that mistake again. Yeah. So I, I'd say that that's probably the third takeaway. Just mindset is everything because at the end of the day, that's all you got. That is so amazing. And I believe our audience will really appreciate those last three testaments that you mentioned. Well, thank you, Jared, so much for attending our sixth episode on the Ranger Outpost. And we'll love to connect further soon with you. Is there any last shout outs you want to do for the crowd? Yeah, totally. So I'll go ahead and shout out, yeah, Augment Health, um, where we have like a pitch video up that we've just been putting out there. And so, yeah, we've been seeing really good reception on that front. So it's super exciting. Um, you can find us at augmenthealth.org if you're interested in learning more. Um, yeah, find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect um, if you reach out. And yeah, just a big shout out to family, friends, um, like everyone who sort of supported me, supported Augment Health on sort of this wild journey that we're on. <laughs> That is so cool, man. And thank you so much for being our guest. And we'll personally catch up after all this. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of the Ranger Outpost. We'd love to hear from you. So send us some comments and feedback to at Ranger Outpost on Instagram as we set up our official website and email address.